One can only look so wonderful when cleaning up cow poop. This is the Farm Report with Reba McClone. Good morning and happy Monday. It is currently 5.05 on Monday, December 30th. I hope everybody had a great weekend following the Christmas holiday. Plus, it was topped off with a Packer win, so there's nothing to complain about there. Looking outside right now in the Madison area, it's kind of yucky out there. It's hovering right between like 35 and 38 degrees, and it's there's some sleet, there's some snow on the road. So if you're out there, take it slow, take your time, just because the roads are wet with that precipitation. And with the temperatures kind of being fluctuating, it could get a little slick. So be sure to take your time. We'll have more details on that forecast once we talk with our ag meteorologist, Stu Muck, and that'll be coming up right around 520. Looking ahead to the rest of our show today, we'll be talking with Tom Bressler about the challenges that agribusinesses and agricultural cooperatives are facing this year, especially since farmers have been facing a difficult economy. So we'll see that correlation. Pam will be talking with him. And then we'll be chatting with Steve Robinson about the National Conservation Foundation, what that is, what they do, and what they offer, which is mostly for high school students. And then towards the end of the hour, I'll be talking with Ryan Corey about our organic imports outlook. For those who are farming organic, it's a little bit of a different market than what we're facing in conventional agriculture. So we'll be talking with him about how 2019 went overall and what they're looking ahead to in 2020 and how that's different from what conventional agriculturalists might be worrying about. That's a preview of what we'll be chatting about on the show today, so stay tuned. Be sure to head over to the MidwestFarmReport.com where you can keep up with all of your farm and agribusiness news by signing up for a daily newsletter where you can get farm and agribusiness news sent right to your inbox. While there, you can also check out our podcast where this morning show is posted on a regular basis so you're able to catch up on the ones you might have missed. And you can also sign up for your own free Fabulous Farm Baby Bib thanks to our friends at Quick Trip who are proud supporters of Wisconsin agriculture and they want to thank you for your support by offering you this free bib along with a special gift. So you can find all of that at the MidwestFarmReport.com. We'll be back talking with Tom Bressler right after this. Edinburgh, Belfast, Dublin, those are just a few of the stops on our next agriculture adventure. I'm Pam Yankee inviting you to come along. Scotland and Northern Ireland are next destinations September 15th through the 25th. We'll visit the Titanic Belfast Museum take in the breathtaking Giant's Causeway. We'll also tour the cities of Belfast and Dublin. For details, call 800-826-2266 or go to MidwestFarmReport.com. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success, like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end of season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted use pesticide. Agricultural cooperatives have been around, oh, for a long time. But it seems like there's something that we take for granted, Pam. This is Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. Pam, what's the latest about egg co-ops in the region? 
You know, Scott, it's been challenging for them, just like it has been for our Wisconsin farmers. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. They'll be discussing that coming up the second week of January when the Agribusiness Classic happens at the Alliant Energy Center here in Madison. It's hosted by the Wisconsin Agribusiness Association. Tom Bressler is their executive director, and he has been crisscrossing the state, visiting with member cooperatives about their financial performance in 2018. And, you know, just like farmers, uh, they go through the tough times. They have to make some tough decisions. Uh, There's been mergers. There's been acquisitions. There's been some of those farm agribusiness supply centers that have gone out of business. Tom Bressler gave me a quick update on, I guess we'd say, the state of the state of our farm and agribusiness cooperatives, uh, network sites all across the state and what they'll be talking about in January. This has been a really challenging year for agribusiness. You know, the reason we exist is to take care of farmers. And when farmers are having their challenges, we're in exactly the same boat. Uh, farmers have to cut back on supplies. They have to cut back here. They cut back there. They have accounts receivable issues. This has been a real challenging year for agribusiness. And, you know, we're happy to say we're surviving it just like most of the farmers are. We're hoping we're seeing a turnaround, but uh, we're ready for a turnaround quite honestly. Give me a little bit of an idea on what strategies some of your co-ops have had to employ though Tom to keep in the black. I mean you mentioned think about how many bags how many times people change varieties how many times bags change then there was the extended season as far as the harvest and that impacts your grain elevators differently. What kinds of different strategies have you heard heard they're using to just try to get through? But you know the, the real strategy is we're in this thing for the long haul. We're here to take care of the farmer. He's going to have good days. He's going to have bad days. We're the same way. And so the real thing is looking at the fact that we're in this for the long haul. Yes, we're going through some tough times, perhaps a little longer trend than what it normally is when when we have tough times. But we're in this for the long haul, and as long as we can survive this challenging times, there will be good times come back. Uh, So I don't know that I can give you any magic answer. We're doing this differently or that differently other than, okay, we're willing to accept the fact we may be losing money for a few years, but we're in this for the long haul. Right. It hasn't cost. I mean, you keep a good pulse on both members and non-members. Have you heard of anything tragic where a company's gone under? Has it impacted mergers, acquisitions, or anything? Yeah, in both of those. We do know of several companies that just said, I can't do this anymore. Uh, so they closed their doors. We've had some, uh, a few more um, mergers than what we normally have. Uh, so absolutely, um, they're doing what they what they can to survive, uh, and and those are certainly some of the options they've had to look at. Right. So, with that being said, we've got Agribusiness Classic coming up, where you are asking the in- industry to come together, uh, not only continuing education, a major part of the classic, but also the latest technology. So give me a little sense on how you stage up your program with that kind of conversation already happening. A, a couple things that we're doing. We're trying, each year we sit down and try to gear our breakout sessions based on what's the hop, hottest topics mm-hmm. and what do they need to hear. Mm-hmm. We have one of our speakers this year that is con- completely geared to how do you manage your business during economically tough times. Uh, we think that session is going to yeah. be loaded. Yeah. Um, we're concerned about toxins and such in, in our, our grain crop this year. Yeah. So we have 
uh, a UW specialist coming in talking about what are toxins, where do they come from, and then we have some grain specialists coming in and say, okay, now that you've got grain with it, what can you do with it? So we're trying to pick those hot topics, what's important that they need to know about, and, and bringing them in to talk about it. Uh, another big thing that we started a couple years ago and we're growing it this year is what we call our Agribusiness Connections Program, where we're bringing in college students letting them see the technology, walk the trade show floor. They also get to visit with some of our members at uh, tabletop displays. And we've had people that have hired, been hired on the spot for internships, um, getting second interviews to go look at a company. So the other piece that we've added is let's bring in these young, talented people, let them see what we're all about, and let's start putting them together. And that's been huge for us as well. You know, you make a good point. Uh, everybody in agriculture has faced challenges trying to get good quality employees. You and I have talked about this as a challenge for your members for a long time. Absolutely. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with a lot of the, the younger generation, being on the FFA mm -hmm. Foundation Board, et cetera. And I will be one to tell you, I am excited about the, the young people coming into our industry. They're going to do things differently than us, but we did things differently than our dad did as well. I'm excited about it. Let's, let's get them trained. Let's get them into the industry and get out of their way and see what exciting things they can make happen. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about trends technology-wise or things that the industry is looking at. Now, granted, again, as we said, we're in it for the long run. Some of these investments may not come this year, but we're still learning about it. Tell me about some of the, the technology that co-ops or our, our agribusiness partners are looking at that we may see impacting our farms? Well, just the things from, from how spray rigs used to be in the past to where now all the information that you've got while you're, while you're out there operating, you're guaranteed you're going get, to get better coverage. You're guaranteed that uh, things are going to work the way they're supposed to. There's monitors that tell you if they're not. Two, let's then talk about drones. You know, Just drones came in a, mm -hmm. the last several years where it's easier to kind of figure out the bad spots. I'm predicting that within the next three to five years, not only can you fly a drone over to see an area that, that maybe doesn't look as good, but you're going to be able to fly down low enough to diagnose exactly what the issues are. Uh, it, it's going to just take this. There's always going to be guesswork in agriculture, mm -hmm. but it's going to take some of the guesswork and make it more sustained to where, okay, I know what the issues are, and this is what I need to do to take care of them. It's going to take a lot of that guesswork, and it's going to make it more of a no-brainer to where this is what I need to do. I know that you're always trying to reach out to new members, getting them engaged in the association. What does the association do, Tom, besides hosting the Classic? Well, certainly we do a lot of educational things all year long, not just the classic. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a custom applicator training program, which trains 32 new spray rig operators every year. Uh, a couple of years ago, we created a leadership development academy, which is let, taking some of these young leaders that maybe are moving up the ladder faster than what they planned and helping them to understand some of the basics of management. Because of that and so many that we run through that program this year, in February, for the first time, we're offering our Executive Leadership mm. Academy, mm. Uh, which will be coming out shortly, which is all about 
strategic thinking, strategic planning, strategic communications. But then the exciting thing about that is the last session is strategic implementation. Mm -hmm. We're all good at making plans. Mm -hmm. We're not real good at making it happen. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's a, a program that we're excited about. We've got a, a drone training program we do jointly with Fox Valley Technical College mm -hmm. that if you're going to use a drone for commercial purposes, you have to have your FAA mm -hmm. uh, unmanned pilot's license. This in two days, you'll be ready to take your FAA exam. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's those type of programs that we offer. Uh, along with that, we do lots, lots of events to bring the industry together. You and I both know we attend a lot of meetings, and sometimes you learn as much sitting over lunch with somebody uh, talking about how you do things versus how they do things. So we've got, uh, for our scholarship program, we've got golf outings. We've got a trap shoot. Just let's get these people together mm -hmm. and let them talk about their, their issues, and they can learn as much there as they can anywhere else. Tom Bressler, he is the executive director of the Wisconsin Agribusiness Association, the host to the upcoming Wisconsin Agribusiness Classic, January 14th through the 16th at the Align Energy Center in Madison. All kinds of industry professionals that are coming there. And I want to remind you again, registration still open if this is a conference you've never attended in the past, but you're looking to try to get new ideas on how to handle your employees, how to handle your operation and some of the challenges that it's faced. This is a great place to start. You can jump online, go to wiagribusiness.org. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. At Lawton Cates, we handle almost every case as a team. That kind of institutional knowledge, that kind of information that other attorneys may bring to the table is a great benefit to our clients. The attorneys at Lawton and Cates. It's who you turn to for legal advice. 282-6200 or LawtonCates.com. When you need an attorney, trust the voice of experience. The only choice, Lawton and Cates. Carrier has a complete line of home heating products to keep your family comfortable this winter without burning your budget. With smart temperature management and remote access options, it's easier than ever to control your home's climate. And Carrier energy-efficient systems can help reduce utility bills without sacrificing comfort. For more complete comfort and greater peace of mind, turn to your Carrier expert. Call Modern Heating and Cooling in Black Earth or your Carrier factory-authorized dealer, Griber Heating and Sheet Metal in Wanakee. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. When most people hear the name Reba, they think of the country music legend who has her own TV show. 
But when us Wisconsinites hear the name Reba, we think of the farm superstar with her own radio show. This is the Farm Report with Reba McClone. Good morning. It is currently 520 right now, and we are on the line with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, how was your weekend? The weekend was fine. It's what happened here on Monday morning and, you know, late Sunday night. It kind of took the fun out of everything. How about you? I had a good weekend, too, and yeah, it kind of did. It had me worried about driving in this morning, so I came in super early because it was kind of sleety and gross out. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to describe it. Gross out. That works. I like it. Uh, let's talk about what's going on here, and that's low pressure building on through Wisconsin, the heart of the system, in fact, uh, starting to pull over towards southern lower Michigan, northern Indiana, and the radar indicates a lot more rain there, but we have that mix of rain and snow from from western, excuse me, from eastern parts of Wisconsin, and I'm talking Sheboygan, Fond du Lac, West Bend, and it extends up into the central part of the state. A little mix of rain and snow over toward Mauston this morning as well. Not much happening, La Crosse or Madison, at least at this point in the day, but we're not done. That low is pulling away, and I do expect during the day that we'll still have generally now talking about some snow. Rain and snow may still stick around a mixture especially at Madison and eastern parts of the state on through the afternoon, but it becomes a little light snow yet before it's all said and done. You have to run down this. There's a winter weather advisory at La Crosse until midnight tonight. The winter weather advisory at Fond du Lac and Oshkosh from noon today to 6 a.m. tomorrow. And Mauston's got to be a little different. The winter storm warning from 6 a.m. today till midnight tonight. And I'll talk about snow amounts and all the other information right after this. The fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke wants to turn your baby into a fabulous farm baby. Go online now to fabulousfarmbabe.net. Check out those adorable baby bibs and sign up to get yours absolutely free. Thanks to the wonderful folks at Quick Trip. Supplies are extremely limited, so don't delay. Log on now, fabulousfarmbabe.net. Here's a chance to turn your baby into a fabulous farm baby. It's not surprising to any of my friends in farm country, this year has been a tough year, no matter what you grow or what you produce. Thank goodness we've got our buddies at McFarland's in the heart of Sauk City in our corner. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee reminding you that, you know, the staff at McFarland's have seen these challenging times before. They're ready to partner with you now to make it through the winter of 2018 into 2019. So when it comes to taking a look at your equipment, maybe there's something that's absolutely got to be upgraded, repaired, or refreshed. They can take care of you. And don't forget, McFarland's in that beautiful facility, 780 Carolina Street, can take care of it all under one roof. That's a weight off your shoulders. And they understand the difficult economic times. So if you're looking to try to replace a piece of equipment, they have a wealth of knowledge and a fantastic network. They'll go to the marketplace and try to find just what you need in the used category. Stop in. Visit with them today. They understand. McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. And we are back on the line with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. And Stu, you were kind of telling us about we might be getting some cumulative snow? There could be just that, Reba. I think probably the heaviest snow is going to be around the Boston area, further northeast from there. Nonetheless, the rest of us in line for a little bit. And what we'll see today with those advisories and the warning at Boston will be cloudy skies, rain, 
possibly mixing with or changing the snow a bit later on today. Some fog in there as well. For a lot of us, mid and low 30s will be the best we see with west winds 10 to 20, gusting near 30. More likely some snow overnight. And here's what I expect would be lacrosse and Boston in the 3 to 6 inch range, a little on the lower side of that scale at Oshkosh and Fond du Lac. Madison an inch or 1 to 3, let's say that. But I expect we drop down toward the mid-20s overnight, 10 to 20, gusting to 35. Everything ends tomorrow. In fact, some sunshine breaks out yet on New Year's Eve. We'll hold up near 30, upper 20s. The northwest winds 10 to 20 and gusty. Mostly sunny on Wednesday, New Year's Day. Mid and upper 30s. Southwest winds at 5 to 15. So be advised, of course, Reba, if you were going to be heading north today, I know you're not. It's probably a good move. Uh, the further north you get, the more snow you're going to find, especially by tonight. It sounds like it, Stu. Well, thank you so much for that update, and we'll chat with you tomorrow. All right, see you then. That was Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck giving us an update on the weather. We'll be back after this. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Castles, culture, and cows. That's the combination we've got lined up for you on our next agriculture adventure. I'm Pam Yonke inviting you to come along to Scotland and Northern Ireland, September 15th through the 25th. We'll start off with three nights in Glasgow, where we'll cruise Loch Lamont, tour the Inverary Castle. Then it's on to historic Edinburgh and touring the capital cities of Belfast and Dublin. Just think about the history there. You want to talk history? We'll be touring the Titanic Belfast Museum and also witnessing the breathtaking Giant's Causeway. We've got agricultural highlights included, a visit to an Ireland dairy farm, and the fantastic National Museum of Rural Life in Scotland. Call 800-826-2266 for details or email me for a brochure, pam at midwestfarmreport.com. Also online, holidayvacations.com. Scotland and Ireland, join us. Have a great time with family and friends at the entertainment environment in the Golf Suites at Vitense Golfland. Have fun while you watch Packer and Badger football games in your private golf suite. Relax in comfortable chairs and bar top tables as you enjoy food and drink items off the signature hole and grill bar served by friendly waitstaff. Top Tracer is available in every bay of the golf suites. Point Games Played Like Darts is an awesome game for any level of golfer, even new players. Watch, eat, practice, and play in the golf Suites at Vitens Golfland. It's time to take the dark descent down an impossibly long driveway. Making matters worse is the snow and ice. Things don't have to be this treacherous just because you happen to have a home in the country with a long driveway. We can install driveway lighting to make things easier on you and your guests. This is Scott from Ever Ready Electric. Before our family became electricians, we were busy farming. That's where we get our Ever Ready work ethic. EverReadyElectric.net. We're ever ready. Furnace on the fritz? Whether it's a quick fix or time for something new, you need a dealer who knows what it takes to warm things up. And a Bryant dealer does whatever it takes. It takes attention to detail, the right tools, and friendly, knowledgeable service. Bottom line, it takes a Bryant dealer to bring the heat. For furnace service in the Monroe area, call Roofer Refrigeration in Monroe. Bryant, whatever it takes. The goals. The high fives. The happy dances complete with jazz hands and fist bumps. 
Be part of all the action at Coach's Sports Bar and Restaurant in Cross Plains. Enjoy the best burgers in the county, the popular club sandwich, or fresh crispy chicken salad, daily dinner and lunch specials, all-you-can-eat wing Wednesdays, or $2.50 hand-muddled old fashions every Saturday. Trivia night every Thursday. Coach's Club Sports Bar also offers banquet facilities for your next party, business meeting, or team-building event. Coach's Club Sports Bar and Restaurant in Cross Plains, where sports fans gather for food and frivolity. It's Coach's Club for all Bucks and Badger basketball games. Get $2.16 ounce Coors Light Taps, $6 cheeseburgers with chips, pork sliders, and nacho platter specials. Play ball! Coach's Club, Main Street, Cross Plains. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling the shine and diamonds but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days they may have that traditional feel that traditional customer service but they also have the new modern looks of today stop in and take a look at their jewelry case talk to the staff find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create go online goodmansjewelers.com in baseball These are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. So join Major League Baseball and stand up to cancer. As we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. I'm Jordana Brewster. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. I'm Matt Damon. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. Visit StandUpToCancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. I mean, I'm not going to, like, go on some tirade about it. I just think Zimmer looks, he just looked uh, the tiniest bit of, bit classless. Yeah, he looked like a sore loser, but yeah. it is what it is. People, yeah, so, some yeah. people are well sore spoken. losers. Sore loser. Well spoken, Nelson. All right, so, Nelly, yesterday, you know, today is Friday, so it is Conspiracy Theory Friday. You had a doozy of one. What were we talking about? It was like 9.50, 9.55 yesterday, and we were talking about Packers and home field Packers and home field advantage. Oh, yeah, I remember what it was now. Uh, The Packers, if they win on Sunday against the Lions, and then the Seahawks beat the Niners, then the Packers would add a home field advantage first round by it. It would be home field advantage all the way up to the Super Bowl, correct? Yep. And then we said, is there really, and we were talking about the weather and, you know, having that Lambeau mystique and getting like the Saints, like, do do the Saints really want to play in a cold, snowy Lambeau field in January? And then I said, well, do we know it's going to be cold? So then I looked in the Farmer's Almanac, the 2020 Farmer's Almanac, and it said the climate was going to be rather mild. Snow, sure, but a mild climate, not like that bite-ass cold like January usually is or has in the years past. And then Nelson busted out the greatest conspiracy theory ever. Do you want me to hit the music? Do you want to say what yep, it is? hit the music. Global warming and climate change are leading to the Packers' home field advantage decreasing so as the temps go up the home field advantage go down wow 
global warming. Global warming. Nelson. The reason why the Packers' home field advantage, the Lambo Mystique, has disappeared is because global warming. How dare you? How dare you? Dare you? We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. Nelson. Have you checked your privilege today? I check it at the door every time I walk in. You've stolen my home field advantage. You've stolen my dreams of a Super Bowl. How dare you? It wasn't It wasn't the fact that uh, the Packers had no defense the last decade. Nope. It wasn't the fact that Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy couldn't get along. Nope. It wasn't the fact that Ted Thompson couldn't give both Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy good players. Nope. And, it, <laughs> and it's not because Aaron Rodgers is now average or Matt LaFleur could be in over his head. Nope. It's global warming, a.k.a. Nelson. climate change. How dare you? We'll never forgive him. How dare them, Nelson? America just didn't want to see the Packers have that much of an advantage. What a conspiracy theory for Conspiracy Theory Friday. It's not any of it's not any of that. It's not Ted Thompson being inept, like you said. It's not Big Mike and Aaron Rodgers relationship, like you said. It's not LaFleur in the offense, like you said. It's not Rodgers having an average year who doesn't want to throw for 40 touchdowns. It's climate change. How dare you? And this just shows how Mark Murphy's inept. What did he sink a bunch of money into? Let me push this conspiracy theory one degree further. And why Mark Murphy should be let go as president and CEO of the Green Bay Packers. Nelson, it's called the frozen tundra, correct? That's what I've been told. Can it really be freezing anymore in the midst of global warming? Who is pumping up Titletown District? Mark Murphy. What does pumping up and building Titletown District all need? Fossil Snow. fuels. No, no, no. Fossil fuels. Machinery. Petroleum. Changing changing earth as it is in that area. What does all that lead to, Nelson? What does smoke and smog in the air and gas and petroleum and plastic all lead to? Climate change and global warming. Who is the, who is the person leading the charge to do all this in Green Bay? Mark Murphy. As the Packers have done in the past and to now from home at Green Bay at Lambeau, haven't we seen some egregious losses? Haven't we seen them giving up more points? Haven't we seen the home field advantage slipping? More and more, it seemed like, every year. Mark Murphy, how dare you? And then to, to say that you're going to build a sledding hill, but there's not going to be any more snow. Something ain't adding up here. Mark Murphy got to go. Welcome back. It is currently 535 right now. And when we think about engaging with students, it can be difficult to find things that interest them. I'm Reba McClone. And now from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agribusiness News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. Students have a lot going on. And so events that truly engage them are key. And that's the goal of the National Conservation Foundation, according to their chairman, Steve Robinson. I struck up a conversation with him to find out more about what they do. Well, we're a foundation that works in conjunction with the National Association of Conservation Districts. Um, 
and and we're, you know we're a place to have have funding to help do projects. Um, a couple of the projects that we are really involved in. Number one is the International Envirothon. That's a contest of students that starts at the local level. Some with conservation district support, some not. Most come through high schools, science teachers, and such. Um, at the beginning, at the ground level, it's about 55,000 students that begin this process. They work through sometimes county contests, regional contests, state contests. The state winners end up at the NCF Envirothon, the International Envirothon. It's really based a lot on on ag, on soils, on forest, on habitat. Um, it changes every year what you know what the topics are. We have teams from Canada, teams from China also join us for the international competition. It revolves from state to state every year. We're really excited to, to have that being an ongoing project. It's, it started sometime in the 70s, over 40 years has went past, so great program. Wow, it does sound like there's a lot going on that's really interesting. Tell me why it's so important that we bring in teams from Canada and China as well. Well, it's, it's you know, it began within the conservation districts of the United States. Canada wanted to get involved, so, you know, we wanted them. And then um, a few years ago, we're like, you know, this really should be an international competition. China expressed interest, so we've had a couple teams from China come for the last three or four years. So, it, you know, it's not something that but that we want to just keep with within home. You know, it's good for everybody all over the world. And are there any other countries that have been interested recently that we're looking to maybe start pulling in soon? Not right now, not that we know of. Um, you know, and, and, we're, and on that aspect, we're just really kind of reaching out at this point. Um, China was the first kind of baby steps to see how it's all going to work and fit in with, you know, with our contest, but it has worked well. You, of course, you, you've got the language issue. So, you know, that's things that we got to work out to, to make this work. You're also involved in the Next Generation Leadership Institute. Tell me about that. Well, that's something that's relatively new. Um, we've got funds to support it. We um, put the word out and picked seven people from around the nation, um, local conservation district folks, and um, have created a, a leadership institute. They're all going to come together at our annual meeting in Las Vegas in February for the first time. Um, there's money there to support their travel and what it costs. It's about a $10,000 um, to each student to go through this. Um, and it's it's our foundation's way of um, generating new leadership. There's a lot of organizations for students that offer those leadership skills. So what makes this one so special and different? Well, it's, it's, it's basically within the, the conservation family. So we're, you know, we're going to kind of work on on what we've learned over the years. Um, a lot of our my foundation is is made up of past presidents of the organization, so we kind of know going in what was important to us as leadership, what we learned, so we're hoping that we 
can pass that on to these these young folks and they can get a value out of it. What about investing in tomorrow? Tell me more about that. Well, that's a program that we just launched. It's a fundraiser. Um, you know, as foundations go, we're always trying to raise funds, and that's that's always a struggle. So we're just putting the word out, you know, hoping that these projects that we're working on is important to people that, you know, want to, to, to help us fund it. I want to go back to the Envirothon. Tell me about some of the things that students are doing when they're in part of that competition. Well, one of the most amazing things to me is in, in the finals, the students are given a project such as, you know, maybe something's going to become urbanized in the edge of a city, and they have to figure out what is that going to cause to happen. And when I say that, that means everything. What possibly could 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 this cause to happen? What will change? And they have to do this without electronics, wow. which is is very interesting. And they come up with all the all the things that could happen. And it, I mean, they can be all over the place, but it's fascinating to see what these kids come up with. What kind of students is this drawing in? Is this drawing students who are interested in like wildlife ecology type things? Is it students who are coming from farming backgrounds? Actually, we're pulling in all of those. I mean. Some, some come through science programs in the high school. Some come through ag programs in the high school. The team is made up of five different individuals, so they could, they could be a, you know, all over the place as far as what each one's good at. And, you know, I never have been on a team myself. I suspect that having a variety of team members is really helpful. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for sharing all of this information about opportunities for students who are interested in conservation and other aspects that might be even just related to conservation itself. Once again, that was Steve Robinson, the chairman of the National Conservation Foundation, talking about the International Envirothon and the Next Generation Leadership Institute. That's been a look at your farm and agribusiness news. From the Landmark Services Cooperative for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Reba McClone. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success. Like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end of season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted use pesticide. Well, the end of the calendar year is right around the corner. Time to make some decisions. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here from my buddies at Zimbrick Chevrolet, Main Street, Sun Prairie. It is December. Talk to your tax advisor right now. See if buying a new vehicle for your business is going to reduce your tax bill. It's called Section 179, and lots of Chevy vehicles qualify. To use the 179 deduction, you need to do a couple things. The vehicle has to be titled in the company's name. It has to be used for business at least 50% of the time, and it's got to be placed into service before the end of this calendar year. Chuck Yebs, my buddy that's working in the fleet and commercial area, can help you out, or any of the staff at Zimbrick Chevrolet. Remember, they are a business elite dealer. That means you get extended service hours, work-ready loaners, and a smiling face in Chuck Ebbs that can work you through all of the right business decisions. Find out more today. Zimbrick Chevrolet, Main Street, Sun Prairie. 
And now here's a quick look at your opening market numbers. Cash corn prices are going to start the day at 390 with cash beans at 929 and a half and wheat prices starting at 556 and a quarter. Looking at those milk contract prices, January milk was at 1711 with February milk at 1715. That's been a quick look at your opening market numbers. Head over to the midwestfarmreport.com where you can sign up to get daily updates of your farm and agribusiness news. We'll be back with a look at organic imports right after this. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. When you need care support at home, professionalism matters. Bright Star is still the only personal care agency in Dane County to be accredited by the Joint Commission, the same organization that accredits top hospitals. This means no matter how complex your care situation, you can be confident in the quality of care you'll receive from Bright Star. Visit brightstarcare.com slash madison or call us to learn more. Bright Star Care, a higher standard of care. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. We have a dedicated team of legal professionals that work on every case, and we make sure that the client is the center of our focus. We help walk you through all the mazes of forms and other things that can come up after an accident or other legal incident. The attorneys at Lawton and Cates. It's who you turn to for legal advice. 282-6200 or LawtonCates.com. When you need an attorney, trust the voice of experience. The only choice, Lawton and Cates. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. So join Major League Baseball and stand up to cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. I'm Jordana Brewster. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. I'm Matt Damon. And cancer has in some way touched all of us. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. Many are ashamed to have a farmer's tan, but not her. She shows her candy cane pattern tan lines off like she's on the cover of Vogue. This is the Farm Report with Reba McClone. When we think about the different facets of agriculture, sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the names and thinking that they face different challenges, like conventional versus organic. Both of these portions of agriculture do face similar challenges. One area where they are facing a different challenge this year is the fact that based on how things are looking for harvest for 2019, it looks as though 2020 is going to be a major import year for organic grain markets. I was able to talk with Ryan. Ryan Corey, who's the director of economics at Marcaris, about how this year's harvest is starting to look. You know, a lot of the problems that we see in organic are uh, a reflection of what we're seeing in the conventional sector. Uh, we had an unusually cold and wet and prolonged spring, which caused a lot of difficulty with respect to planting. And that's being translated into a lower acre harvested this year. Uh, in addition to that, we also didn't have exactly the best growing conditions at the start of the year. And so we're seeing that reflected in lower yields as well. So overall, if you're looking at organic corn and organic soybeans, uh, those crops that principally come out of the U.S. Corn Belt region, you're looking at lower production. 
looking at wheat, we actually look for a little bit of room for wheat production to expand this year. Uh, but a lot of that expansion is expected to occur out of the uh, western part of the United States, where a lot of your food-grade wheat is produced. Uh, looking back at the Corn Belt, we're actually looking for a reduction in wheat, particularly winter wheat production. And a lot of that reduction, again, comes back to the fact that uh, that's a winter cover crop primarily, and there were a lot of difficulties managing those crops and harvesting those crops over the spring, given the weather issues we had. Like you said, it's kind of mirroring what's happening on, happening in the conventional sector as well. For what crops have been harvested thus far, what are you guys seeing in terms of quality? You know, there's not a lot that has been harvested so far. We're in the very early days of harvest, and we've had a lot of wet weather uh, at the beginning of this fall. Uh, thinking about organic, organic usually gets harvested at a little bit of a delay to the conventional. Um, and with that, we're seeing a similar thing this year. Now, in terms of quality, that has been a concern. You know, I think as in general, the industry has an idea of where they think total supplies are going to come in. And so now the real question is, what is that quality going to look like, particularly whenever you think about things like soybeans or whenever you think about uh, protein levels in wheat when uh, wheat starts to get harvested. So we're not particularly uh, – we don't exactly know where that side of the market is going to come out, but those are manifesting as concerns right now within the industry. And then speaking of kind of some of the concerns in the industry, how did the blizzard a couple weekends ago, how is that impacting organic markets? Uh, you know, frankly, right now, uh, somewhat unexpectedly, prices are staying fairly steady and, uh, and a little bit on the lower range of what you would expect as we're moving into the harvest period. Some of that seems to be a product of the fact that we saw a lot of forward marketing at the beginning of the year. Uh, a lot of people locking in supplies back when supply risks were much higher, and there was a lot of uncertainty about price. And so that's kind of dampened the uh, amount of market activity we're seeing. Also, uh, anecdotally, we've heard there's some higher carryover stocks this year coming out of the 1819 marketing year. So that's leaving people out of the market and keeping prices a little bit down at the moment compared to what we'd expect. Uh, with the weather specifically, you know, I think that just adds more uncertainty to that risk picture in terms of both yields and quality. You know, right now we are working off of speculative yields as harvest isn't completely finished. And so those yields could end up higher or lower depending on how things end of the end of this harvest. And, you know, weather issues like this only add to that downside risk on yield. And then, again, with quality, you know, if you have wet conditions that prohibit you from harvesting and those crops sit out there longer, it just degrades the, har the quality of that crop once it is harvested. So I think it creates a lot more upside risk for price and a lot more upside risk for our supply once we get harvest on the books and the market starts to pick back up again. It sounds like things could be down harvest numbers-wise overall, which could lead to an import increase. How much are you expecting next year to have to increase imports-wise? Yeah, you know, with this reduced production, we definitely see it opening the door for imports, uh, particularly given the fact that we do expect the cheap demand side in the organic sector, organic livestock, it's likely to continue to expand over this next year. Now, with that said, it appears the pace of livestock feed demand is slowing down, and it's likely to be slow over this next year. So that'll limit some of that upward pressure on imports. But if production is down domestically and demand is increasing, then that definitely increases that window. And, and really what we're looking for is more expansion in terms of the amount of soybean meal coming in, 
probably some more whole organic soybeans, and a ratchet up in organic corn imports. Um, definitely up from what we saw last year. Uh, but, you know, I, I would be hesitant to say we'll hit new record levels. You know, over 16, 17, that's where we saw organic imports really kind of reach their their fever pitch. And I, I don't know that I would expect them to reach quite that level, but I definitely look for a significant increase over what we saw last year's import levels reach. And how long are you expecting this increased import need to be just one year a couple years down the road or is it kind of dependent on what next year's planting looks like sure sure you know one of the interesting things that isn't really highlighted in these numbers is just how much growth the industry actually did achieve this past year Uh, one of the metrics that we look at is number of certified organic operations in the U.S. And the number of operations expected to harvest field crops this year actually increased 6%. And so that's solid growth within the industry itself, even though that's not being reflected necessarily in acres because of some of the weather issues that we've seen. So if we take that 6% growth plus, you know, whatever growth we may achieve over this year, plus a recovery in uh acres being able to plant it and harvest it in better production conditions, we could see a lot more organic grain in the market by the time we get to the 2021 marketing year. And so if that does turn out to be the case, then we could see that shut down imports pretty quickly, and we could see those turn back below where they were over this past year. But that's usually speculative on you know weather and based on industry growth and on prices and how things go over this next year. But you know I don't think that there's a lot in the cards to say the increase that we see this year is going to become a long-term phenomenon. I think it's going to be more response to just the particulars of production this year. Looking into spring of next year, so it sounds like you uh, numbers on the rise for certified organic farms, but are you anticipating higher higher levels of organically planted acreage next year? Yeah, you know, that's uh, one of those factors that we didn't see much growth in this year, and we actually saw a decline in a lot of your chief uh, crops, corn and wheat and soybeans, things like that out of the Corn Belt area, is that the number of acres planted per operation fell. And where we saw them be pushed into were things like uh, summer cover crops and hay and alfalfa, essentially trying to compensate for those fields that you weren't able to plant as a cash crop, pushing them into other crops that, you know, you may be able to use for grazing or you may be able to get some kind of revenue out of. And so if you think about the fact that an organic farmer may have missed some acres that they would have otherwise planted corn this year and the necessity of crop rotations, that definitely opens you up to the opportunity of even more corn or even more soybeans being put in next year. So I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see some kind of strong response back the other direction if organic farmers push more acres back into these principal cash crops because they missed the opportunity this year. And any pieces of advice for those organic growers out there regarding marketing or looking into 2020? You know, the biggest thing that I try to advise people towards at the moment is don't get lost too much in the story of the reduced production. You know, that is a major element right now within the organic sector. And uh, it's definitely going to impact things that occur over this next year. Um, But with that said, Keep a consideration of the other things like growth in livestock demand and the potential for imports because those could be hugely mitigating factors for any kind of bullish price support we may get from production. So both for producers and purchasers, you know, as a producer, uh, you know, maybe don't expect prices to go as high as they may have otherwise with this reduced production outlook. And as a uh, as a purchaser, you know, you can't expect higher prices because supplies are tight. So just try to keep the whole market in context when you think about these things.
That was Ryan Corey, Director of Economics at Marcars, talking about how this year's planting and harvest is going to be impacting organic grain markets for 2020 and what maybe to think about regarding next year. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in 